Hey, maybe your Christian counselor startled you with a look, a comment, a touch. It was so quick, and then everything else was normal, so that you tell yourself, it was nothing. Really, J just a second. Weird, but singular. Uh, you shake it off. What? No, in all capital letters, no shouts every single woman who has been there. Run, sister. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Church Abused Coach podcast with me, Laurie Sullivan, an author, teacher, wife, mother, Nana, ex-minister's wife, survivor, Jesus-loving daughter of a fantastic, faithful, and ferocious God. If you, like me, have been abused by a minister or church, and want to be heard, to heal, to live in hope, I am so glad you're here. In this podcast, we will break the silence on this issue, actively pursue healing, and determine, choose, pick, declare, to live victorious anyway. Are you ready for that? Come on, grab that coffee, pour that tea, sip your straw, and let's begin. Be sure to check out all the healing resources at www.victoriousanyway.co. My Break the Silence memoir of my story is called Married by Myself. Two journals for processing your own healing are Married by Myself, Journal to Healing, and Happy Thoughts, a 31-day journey to cultivating joy. Those are all available for purchase along with my offer for four weeks of coaching with one-on-one -on -one time with me, so we can get this healing started. Ministers, counselors, therapists should be safe people to talk to. Many times they are not. They should always be in their role as leader. They should think, act, and move with certain boundaries within that role. And when they don't, abuse is imminent. They will send out a quick feeler to see how you react to a look, a comment, a touch. So when did this kind of corruption start? When was this church abuse thing a thing? Well, let me tell you from my perspective, I'm 61. And I would say at least 60 years ago, I had a consciousness that there was something that needed to be cared, that needed to be cared for. As I grew up with a minister father, my dad was always careful about when he was alone with a person of the opposite sex. I remember he had an office in our house and he would leave that door ajar. We were not supposed to disturb him or bother him, but my mother was there. Or in his church office, he would have the church secretary and the door ajar there. And I remember him talking about it enough in just normal conversation that I overheard these things with he and my mom talking. And that was 60 years ago that there had to be a reason that daddy learned that as a young minister all that time ago. 
Well, in my own story, I ended up marrying a minister who, if you haven't heard anything about my story yet, was a, a sexual predator, a pedophile, and a porn addict. So at least 40 years ago, I was aware that things can go really wrong if you don't practice some cautions and some boundaries. And that happened to me. My ex-husband preyed upon young teenage girls and then even uh, older married women in their in their 20s um, later on. So boundaries have to be set for sure. But when we think about how long has this been going on, well, if we just date it from my experience, we're like, I don't know, that's like, you know, 60 years has been going on. Church has got to be aware of it, right? Well, it's stinking 2024 and it still happens. I just did a Google search of church abuse in 2023 just to grab some headlines about well, you know, is it happening a lot? Well, I challenge you, Google church abuse in 2023 and see how many articles you can count. But let me read you some headlines here. Report details staggering church sex abuse in Maryland. Illinois clergy sex abuse investigation uncovers hundreds more cases in Catholic Church. Study finds 1,000 cases of sex abuse in Swiss Catholic churches. The Presbyterian Church in America has an abuse crisis too. Southern Baptists committed to abuse reformed, reform, sorry, what happened? And now this one, I want to read a little bit from here. Um, the article says that the Southern Baptists have committed to abuse reforms because in 2022, all, all the stuff broke loose and all the reports came out and, and it was just a big mess. So in front of God in this country, they vowed to fix things. So let me read a paragraph from that article about fixing things. In New Orleans this week, Woodson and a few other Southern Baptist Convention abuse survivors met in a room in the convention center set aside for them to decompress. They quietly celebrated the progress the denomination had made, shedding tears together as the shell of the Ministry Check website went live on Tuesday afternoons at, at sbcabuseprevention.com. In the weeks ahead, it will host a database of pastors who have confessed, been convicted, or agreed to civil settlement in abuse cases. So let's pause. It's like, oh my word, finally, the internet's been around for, I don't know, a few decades. And now there actually is movement on the World Wide Web to create a website that has a database of these guys who have uh, abused people, have abused their power, right? 
And it's so exciting and it's so encouraging. But, 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 that database, database, it's not there. As of January 14th of 2024, I checked. And that's many weeks ahead of its promised existence. The article reads that in the weeks ahead, the website will hold the database. And that article was written June 14, 2023. So it's been well over six months and there still is no database. I don't know why. Therefore, therefore, the church abused coach podcast people, let's memorize some boundaries to keep ourselves wise and to keep ourselves from being victims. Because churches still, churches still hide it and move on until, until what? Until the next victim happens, good grief. Let's memorize some, some tips. Memorize some tips for safety against sin and abuse within the walls of the sacred sanctuary of the Most High God, where the wolves in sheep's clothing are hiding. Let's not be stupid. I'm going to talk uh, near nearer the end about the whole wolves and sheep's clothing and how long has this been actually going on and it does predate the birth of my life but let's let's get some tips some of you are going to disagree with the seven things that i say and that's okay i'm gonna say them anyway because I have been there, I have done that, and I'm telling that, and I'm telling you from life experience. And my husband has, my ex-husband has hurt many, many, many a human being, a young girl, a young vulnerable woman, a married vulnerable woman. I've seen what happens, and I am saying these seven things boldly. Number one, no hugging of the opposite sex at church. None. A sincere handshake, maybe even a hand over hand. You know, put your hand in that handshake and then put your hand on top of that hand. But no hugs. No, not even the side hug. No hugs. Number two, do not be alone with the minister or leader in a building don't don't do it reschedule three be sure the door is open and a person of your sex is nearby i know you can argue i'm telling you number four trust your instinct please if you feel uncomfortable for any reason Get out. Stay away. No explanation is needed. Number five. If something seems questionable or just is not really black or white, it's just a little gray, get out. Six. 
If a sentence or a comment seems off, take it seriously. Get out, stay out. No explanation. This talks about his personal problems or difficulties. Get out. The boundary is breached. He has stepped out of his leadership role. Get out. Listen. Please listen. Stand up. Leave the situation. No explanation is needed now or ever, actually. But if you feel like I did, I honestly did, if you feel that this is rude and that all your parents' instructions about being polite are being violated, you know, mm -hmm, I could hear my mother in my head, be polite, be polite. Then you may create a single sentence of truth that you may say after you are safely out. So you notice the theme going on here? Get out. Get out. Stand. Walk out. Get to. Then you may have a sentence of truth that you say. And people, this is a sentence. That's what I mean. One sentence. And you are going to memorize it. And you're going to say it on repeat. And you are not going to elaborate. Because that's what abusers want to do. They want to trip you up in your elaboration. They want to say, but why? But why? But I was just, you know, that's only so they can make a defense. Listen, you decide your boundary. And you write it in one sentence. And you memorize that puppy. And that is what you say. Now, I have to tell you a true story about how I learned this and how I'm so stinking adamant about it. I went through my abuse with my ex-husband, who was an excellent gaslighter and always turned things around on me. He became the victim. I became the person with the problem. I was near crazy and he was fine. So I lived in that in innocence, not understanding what gaslighting was and not understanding what gaslighting was. And to my, you know, in my defense, 30, 40 years ago, nobody talked about gaslighting. And so we really didn't know what it was. And now it has a name. And that really has been very healing for me to know what the name is. But people who abuse you and want to keep their cover, a wolf in sheep's clothing wants to turn it around and make it your problem. So if you talk, if you talk, you you open the door to be engaged in the circle that will turn it all around on you. So what you need to do is get a sentence of truth. Set your boundary, get your truth. Now, here's how I learned it. Years ago, there were no cell phones. I know, I know, I'm so old. Okay, but here's the deal. It was a landline phone. And you, I didn't have caller ID. So I did not know who was calling me. I know, I know you live in such a different world. I would pick up the phone because you always picked up the phone. That's how it worked. The phone rang, you picked it up. So could there be an undesirable person on the other end of the line? Well, yes. And then you had to deal with that, you know. Um, but my, I was so conditioned to pick up the phone and never to hang up on someone. You don't just hang up on someone. You might get a telemarketer calling you and you say to them, I'm not interested. Thank you. Bye. And then you hang up. But you just don't hang up. I mean, my mother be all over that with all the rules of, you know, polite society. So it didn't dawn on me to either not answer the phone or answer the phone and hang up on my ex-husband 
who wanted to pull me into conversation explanation just so that he could work his magic and turn it all around and make me crazy. So my good friend, Lisa, <laughs> this is a shout out friend, Lisa, <laughs> this is a shout out to Lisa. I heard you. I listened to you. She said to me one day, Lori, just hang up. And I said, what? She, you know, cut. honestly, I said what? I mean, some of you out there might think, whoa, girl, really? You couldn't figure that out by yourself? You had you one of those bachelor of science degrees and three kids and a divorce and you couldn't figure that out? Okay, okay. I couldn't figure it out. Um, so Leeson said to me, Laurie, just hang up. And I thought, wow. Well, wow. I guess I could. I, I, I guess I could just hang up. I've already told him that I don't want to talk about any topics unless it's our kids, you know, is something about the children that needs to be discussed. And I thought, well, I've already told him that. And so he knows then, in spite of respecting what I said, like I made my boundary, but he doesn't respect it. And I thought, wow, I could hang up. Well, by golly. But then all that training from my mother, you know, about being polite. So what I had to do is write a sentence and memorize my sentence, which we all can do. All right, it's a single sentence. Here's what mine was, just to give you an example. I said, I will talk with you about the health and care of our children. I will talk with you about the health and care of our children. And he would try to say something else and I would say it again. And then I would say, I'm hanging up now and I would hang up. And that I had to learn. I had to teach myself. It went myself. It went against everything um, inside of me as just, just as who I was, as my personality, and against all the teachings of my mother um, about being polite to people. And it's how I did it. I, so that's what I want you to do. I want you to write your truth sentence and let it be the only thing you say. We used to call that broken record. If you were old enough to listen to a, an actual recording on vinyl, on a record player, now those are coming out again, so you know you can experience that currently. But if you ever get a scratch on your record, what would happen is it would play one line over and over and over because it couldn't advance. And we would call that a broken record because it just played that single line over and over. So that's what you need to do. You need to write your single truth sentence, decide, single truth sentence, decide what your boundary is, memorize it, and just say that. So let's say you're like, Lori, I've been to the, going to this church for, I don't know, 23 years I've been going to this church. My parents go to this church. My grandparents go to this church. My kids love this church. I don't know. Whatever sentence you want to say to me about how incredible the church is. Say that sentence. Then you say, Lori, I, you know, I've never been to counseling with my pastor. And I just went this time. But, I mean, he's been my pastor, you know. And I, I think I'm just misreading things. No. No. 
You trust yourself. There's no hugging. You don't be alone. You make sure the door is open. You trust your instinct. If something seems questionable or gray, you get out. If a sentence or a comment is off, if he's talking about personal problems, you get out. You stand, you leave. You don't ever have to explain why. You stand, you leave. You don't ever have to explain why. Even if you've been going to that church for 23 years and everybody loves that person. You trust yourself and you say, I am not comfortable. That's what your sentence could say. And you don't even have to explain why. You doubt your sentence of truth. I am not comfortable. I will not be returning, period. That's the end of it. Now, friends, this podcast has three focus points. Break the silence. Find the healing. Live victorious. And believe it or not, today's episode is about living victoriously. And some of you might think, what? Well, yes, because we are going to live victoriously after being abused by doing this. Being as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. That comes from Matthew 10, 16. The whole sending you out, Jesus is talking to his disciples. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Smarten up. Come on. You and I live in a world where wolves are dressed in sheep's clothing. They look safe. They hang out in safe places like church. But their deception is as old as the Garden of Eden. Come on, people. How old is church abuse? Well, I don't know. How long have there been people who have fallen to the shrewdness of a serpent? Who have been deceived because the wolf looks good. The Bible talks to us about it, for heaven's sakes. This is older than me. It's older than you. It's older than you. It happens. And we can't live in some innocent Garden of Eden pre-apple eating. And we don't know it was an apple, I know. Um, we have to do what Matthew ten sixteen says. Be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. For the love, people, if the church administration is struggling to find a way to vet these people, or if they are avoiding conflict and just assigning these wolves to different congregations in faraway states or countries, then we smarten up. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove, is how the Amplified Bible explains it. And that's how we live victoriously. Christ as our guide and us with our eyes wide open to the wolves that still lurk until we're home. Hey friend, if you found hope in today's episode, would you let the world know? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would really love that. Hey, say hello on my Facebook page, Victorious Anyway, as together we break the silence, find the healing, and live victorious anyway. See you next week.